Beware of exclusivity clauses, explicit and implied. Hey there, I'm Eric Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. Join us on our journey to building a $100 million company. What's happening? It's Eric J. Olson. Now, here's what I mean by an exclusivity clause. This is where you're doing some sort of business with somebody and they either explicitly have an exclusivity clause with you or implicitly think that there's exclusivity in that relationship. Now, here's what I mean. Exclusivity is where if you're working with me, you would expect that I won't work with someone else like you. Okay. I will provide my services exclusively to you. Now that right there is so ridiculously vague, right? Cause what, what does that mean? Someone like you, someone who's a human being, I won't provide my services to anyone else. No, it can't be that open, right? It's usually more defined by like industry. So let's say, um, I'm just going to make something up. Let's say that, uh, that you're a realtor and, and I provide digital marketing services to you. It could be in the contract explicitly, or it could be implied, but basically I can't work with another realtor, right? So as a digital marketer, I can only work with you when it comes to working with realtors, but I can go work with a gas station down the street and a hair salon, right? Because I'm going to be working with someone who's not your competitor. So that's the key with exclusivity. You agree to not work with someone's competitor, right? Now, if you, like a lot of clients in my line of work, Clients ask for that, which is, I think is crazy because you don't ask your lawyer for exclusivity, right? I don't go to my lawyer and say, Hey, you can't work with other digital marketing agencies because you know everything there is to know about the skeletons in my closet. I don't tell my CPA that. Can you imagine if you went to a CPA and you're like, Hey, you can't work with anyone else that does what I do? You would never do that. But for some reason, people feel like as a marketer, you should provide exclusivity. And so we get asked this a lot, which is ironic because they don't pay us as much as they pay their CPA and their lawyers. So they want exclusivity from us. And a lot of times we have to, you know, either like explain why it's not a good idea or that we charge more for exclusivity. But the problem with exclusivity is a couple things. One, it costs you a lot to give exclusivity. We have an old deal, you know, a deal with a, an older client or still our client. And we decided years ago that we would give them exclusivity. At the time, it was a great decision. It was like a really good amount of money. Now it's like not that much, frankly, because we have much bigger clients. But we gave them exclusivity for a very large geographic area. And there have been at least, and I'm not kidding you, like a dozen deals where people have approached us and we've had to tell them, no, we can't work with you because we have exclusivity. Think about how much revenue that could bring in. All right, I'm just going to use general numbers here. Let's say that I have a deal with this one company for $10,000 a month, right? Because it's a, it's a relatively big deal. And so I say, yes, I'll only exclusively work with people in your industry. You'll be the only one that I work with in your industry. And now I turn away 10 potential deals with other people like them for say $5,000, half the price. Now, I may not get all of those, but let's say I get five of those at $5,000 or even three of them at $5,000. I'm giving away, you know, between if it's $5,000 each, $25,000 and $15,000 of extra income I could have made, but I had this stupid exclusivity clause that precludes me from doing it. So you have to be very, very careful when it comes to exclusivity. 
when you do it explicitly, like when you agree to do it in writing, you need to define it as narrow as possible so that you still have the opportunity to work with these people that come to you or people you want to work with without violating the exclusivity clause. You can't violate it. All right. So whatever you agree to, you have to abide by as long as you still work with that client or you can negotiate getting out of it, which is very, very difficult. But the other kind that's even more dangerous, I think, is the implied exclusivity where you think or they think for some reason that there's exclusivity. It's implied. It was never actually put in writing and therefore it's ambiguous. And what happens there, and this has happened to us many times where a salesperson is like, oh, I know we got a lead for uh, this prospect, but I, I don't think we should talk to them because we're dealing, you know, we have another client in that industry, but we don't have exclusivity, you know? We should not be turning away work just because we deal with someone else in that industry. We're professionals. We can separate the concerns between this client and that client. And when we turn away work or when a client expects us to turn away work because of implied exclusivity, it's a problem for everybody, but mostly for us. Now, here's another one to be aware of. And this has just bitten us in the butt recently. Exclusivity amongst your peers, other people that do what you do. So if you're in some sort of a group, I don't know, let me just throw out a hypothetical, like a mastermind. And there's implied exclusivity, like, oh, you'll never work with someone else's client or even talk. You'll never even talk to the client of another mastermind member. That's a problem, especially when it's implicit. You may not even know that there's an implicit exclusivity clause. You may not even know, and you are very likely to not know that a particular prospect or someone you're talking to, to do business with, or maybe you're just talking to them, is the client of someone else in that group. How would you know? It's not like you have a list of their clients, and it's not like you tell your salespeople, every prospect that comes through our doors, check against these 20 different lists of the 20 different mastermind members. It's absurd. And so you need to really be cognizant of these situations where you get into an exclusivity situation, either, either explicitly or implicitly. At least if it's explicit, you can think through it and you can write it down and you can define it as you see fit. The more dangerous situation is where it's implicit, either between you and your client or you and someone else you know in the industry. That can really bite you in the butt. And you can't have exclusivity with everybody. It's absurd. It's ridiculous to think that you could be in business, but somehow know that all these people, you know, the clients of your friends that happen to do the same kind of work that you do, or you don't know these things. So be very, very aware of any situation where there's implied exclusivity. You do not want to put yourself in that situation. If you like this podcast and you know a lawyer who wants to grow their law firm practice, tell them to check out ArrayLaw.com. Array Digital exclusively serves managing partners who want to aggressively grow their law firm. ArrayLaw.com.